0: Let us pray. Eternal Father, at the baptism of Jesus, you revealed him to be your Son, and your Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove. Grant that we, who are born again by water and the Spirit, may be faithful as your adopted children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The Word of the Lord. Be
1: to God. A reading from 2 Corinthians. But thanks be to God who put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care I have for you. For he not only accepted our appeal, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. With him we are sending the brother who is famous among all the churches for his preaching of the gospel. And not only that, but he has been appointed by the churches to travel with us as we carry out this act of grace that is being ministered by us for the glory of the Lord himself and to show our good will. We take this course so that no one should blame us about this generous gift that is being administered by us, for we aim at what is honorable, not only in the Lord's sight, but also in the sight of man. And with them we are sending our brother, whom we have often tested and found earnest in many matters, but who is now more earnest than ever because of his great confidence in you. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker for your benefit. And as for our brothers, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So give proof before the churches of your love and of our boasting about you to these men. The word of the Lord.
2: This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And so with many other exhortations, he preached the good news to the people. But Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all the evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked John up in prison. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son. And with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise
3: Praise you, Lord Christ. Good morning again. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, Sunday worship with the church. Thank you for the great gift of your word and gift of your son. Uh, bless us as we spend some time um, learning from you uh, right now. your name, amen. So I'm going to start this morning by telling you about one of the most important conversations that I've ever had, in hindsight anyway, and then what came from that. Uh, it was my sophomore year in college. Uh, me and seven other friends were... Uh, in kind of like on-campus apartments, and that meant we had like a nice living room area. So I remember it was the afternoon, I was in the living room, and I was interrupted from playing a video game by my roommate Paul when he came back from class. He sat down, he looked at me, and he said, Hey Pete, you know Liz? And I replied, Who? And he said, Liz, Amy's friend. Amy was his girlfriend. And I said, Who? And he said, The girl who was with Amy and Michelle last night? And with that added information, I was able to respond, who? <laughs> he kind of grunted in annoyance and said, well, anyway, she really likes you. Now, honestly, not knowing who this person was at the time, I didn't think that was the best of news. Uh, this a girl I'd never even seen before really liked me. Kind of sounded like it might be a problem. You know, what, what was potentially wrong with this person? Um, which probably said more about how I thought about myself at the time as well. Um... But in fairness to Liz, let me step back to the night before. What had happened was Paul was uh, being picked up by his girlfriend and her two friends as they were going to a Vespers Sunday night worship service over at Bethel. Um And Liz was there. It was just really brief. I didn't notice her or them, and but she knew my other roommates. So she asked her friend, Amy, and she didn't know who I was. Well, who's that? Uh, and Amy took that, and she said, Peter, you like Peter. And And that little weird bit of unnecessary confusion came then to paul to me the next day as liz really likes you peter um but you know once i heard that kind of thought the matter was over this kind of strange girl who probably would never see her again shouldn't be much of a problem uh then later that day paul informed me that he had given liz my instant messenger id uh instant messenger was for those of you who missed that kind of fleeting window of awesome uh just texting via computer really um I was not a fan of what Paul had done in this. Now it meant I might have to deal with this person in some way. So the next few days, anytime I was on Instant Messenger and Liz logged on, I immediately logged off. Just boom, done. Finally, one night, I was on and she logged on and, and just pasted this big paragraph of text right over to me so I couldn't miss it. I couldn't get off in time. The gist of the paragraph was, I never said I liked you. I don't know you. Sorry about the confusion. I figured I should say hi and kind of clear the waters in that regard. So I began to kind of have this cursory, polite, you know, conversation. I should be nice to this person. Still kind of wondering what's going on. This is just strange. Um, but it turned out she was pretty cool, and I enjoyed i her. That's instant messaging as a verb. i aming. So it was just a few days, she was actually coming back to campus. She was going to go to Vespers with her friend again, and they were going to pick up Paul again, and I knew she was coming. And so this was the moment we were going to finally meet face-to-face and maybe kind of figure some things out in that way. then I saw her for the first time, and I just totally froze. My mind just stopped working entirely. Up until now, I was like, maybe she's sort of nice, but I'm still not trusting this. It's too strange. I don't know what's going on. She's that weird online person. Um, Now I saw her in person, and, and the first thing I thought was, oh, no, she's really pretty. And I knew in that moment the tables had turned. She wasn't the weird one. I was the weird one. And she was going to realize it now and then not talk to me anymore. Uh, it ended up I didn't even meet her that night. Um, they had come up to our floor after curfew. Girls couldn't be on there to pick up Paul. And so Paul just immediately started yelling, no, no, there's girls on the boys' floor. And I had so little idea what to do. I was so terrified. I just started yelling, no, no, there's girls. I have to get out of here. And they left. Um, So I didn't meet her at the time. Um, I did manage to apologize. I did manage to meet her in person then. And the more I got to know her, I definitely was sure she wasn't the crazy one. She realized more and more that maybe it was me, but she was comfortable with that. She was okay with it. And if you haven't figured it out yet, Liz is my wife of 17 years. Um, So there (laughs) you go. That was awesome. Wow. Um, I share that story for a few reasons. First, I remembered it this week and it made me happy. So there you go joy and happiness but it came to mind because as i was looking at the our passages for this week um i was just thinking about how much how important it is to really take that chance to get to know what we can how much we can get to know someone how much can change our understanding and expectations of them and of course with liz as i got to know her i realized just how different she was in my initial thoughts so we've sent entered just entered the season of epiphany as i mentioned um this whole season is in a lot of ways about getting to know christ it's about his light being revealed to the nations um and it always the first sunday of epiphany is always about the baptism of jesus and as a preacher i can find that one a little hard obviously the baptism is really important if we focus on it every year at the same time i mean look at it in the luke reading it's two verses one sentence um so it's You know, what am I doing with this in one sense? It's kind of what I was thinking through this whole week. I mean, we love baptism. We love that Jesus was baptized. Those are good things. It's not actually just the point of the passage is, hey, baptism's cool. Um, As we get into the passage, we're going to see just how much Jesus' baptism is here to really introduce us to Jesus in some pretty impressive ways. We're supposed to begin to see him explained, to have him start to make some sense to us who he is, what he will do, and all of that. It's a really good introduction here. It is worth saying, at this point, we're actually in the third chapter of Luke. If you're looking through the book from the beginning, we, of course, have actually already met Jesus before this point. We've already had him explained in various ways to us. But that doesn't make the baptism any less essential. Actually, this is the first time that we meet Jesus as an adult, Which really adds a lot of weight to this. Because before this, we might have been having a lot of ideas about who Jesus is. We've been told who he is. Now we get to start seeing it in action. We get to see Jesus living out all that has been said about him and promised about him in this. And so that really matters for us. But then, of course, that's if we're reading through the Gospel of Luke. At the time of Jesus' own life, as he came for baptism, Really, no one who was there at his baptism had any idea who he was. You know, they didn't know that when he was born, angels appeared in the sky worshiping God and proclaiming that he was Savior, Christ the Lord. So this is the starting moment of Jesus' ministry. This is the moment when people will first get to see him. So it's really key here that the people get to hear about who he is and start to come to that understanding. They're going to see him as a lot more than just a face in the crowd and all of this. But because he's kind of just a face in the crowd, that's why our passage actually starts with John the Baptist at this point. Jesus is this unknown, except maybe in his hometown, but already John is proclaiming him. Already John is teaching about the coming Messiah. John was, um, through his words and symbolic action, teaching about God's coming kingdom. You know, everything people had been longing for and more, God was starting to do. And so people needed to get on board. They needed to repent, turn from their sins, turn to God, submit to his way of working in the world. And as John ministered in that way, people started wondering about him. Well, maybe this is the guy. He's powerful, dramatic. He's not afraid of the authorities. He's maybe just weird enough. Maybe this is the Messiah. Is this the guy that we thought God would send? So our passage starts up with John teaching much more specifically around that to clear things up. He is not the Christ. He was here to prepare the way for Christ. And John was saying if people thought he was important and powerful, well, he wasn't even worthy to untie the strap of the Christ's sandal. Even more, John was only baptizing with water. The Messiah would come and baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. It's really quite a moment of teaching here because John is a really stark, dramatic figure. He's an amazing prophet. And he's saying, the one to come is so much greater than me. I'm not worthy of even the simplest, most menial bit of service that I can offer him. That's not the way it works. He's too amazing for that. Even more, he's going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And as John says that, he's really um, bringing up two major parts of kind of israel's prophetic thought and imagination god has promised many things to israel that he was going to do and this holy spirit and fire are two big pieces of those promises throughout the old testament we find them there so first the messiah would baptize with the holy spirit we might think of that and immediately think to pentecost the birthday of the church in so many ways when when the holy spirit comes down and fire and the sound of rushing wind and the people speak in tongues that's probably not what the people who heard john thought of they didn't know what it was going to look like but they did know god had promised to pour out his spirit upon his people that that would be a renewal a restoration in their lives and hearts it would give them hearts of flesh instead of stone they could actually love god and actually serve him then it was a wonderful promise of of just renewal and new life um, coming from the spirit and it's the messiah who would send the spirit who would bring him in this way at the same time however the messiah is going to baptize with fire Now, that can have an idea of purification, that the Holy Spirit will purify his followers. But especially in this passage, it seems the emphasis is on judgment. The Messiah is going to judge between the peoples. There are those who will receive him, turn to him, um, receive the Spirit, and there are those who will turn against him or run away from him, and they will be judged. This isn't a promise of, like, payback or petty revenge. It's a promise that evil will be dealt with, finally. The right will be restored, and the Messiah is the one who will do this. So John is saying, these two major things we've been waiting for, they are coming with this Messiah. And then Jesus comes to be baptized by John. And in part, this is important because it shows that Jesus accepts and agrees with all that John is teaching. You know, he couldn't have come to John to be baptized and then said, but you know... You're actually totally wrong here on the Messiah, and I should know. It doesn't work. He came, and he submitted to that baptism, and it was a way of showing that he agreed with everything John was saying. He was stepping into the story John is proclaiming here. So Jesus is agreeing with this. He will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire, and even he is as exalted as John is saying. Well, this exaltation of Jesus, it's in John's preaching, and it actually continues right into the baptism. We keep seeing the revealing of christ's power his wonder his purpose here so at his baptism or luke tells us it's right after the baptism jesus has been baptized maybe he's actually just popped out of the water again um when and he's in the jordan river and he's praying and then the holy spirit noticeably descends upon him and a voice speaks from heaven it is god the father himself speaking about jesus speaking directly to jesus it actually seems like the John, the crowd around, they just sort of overhear what God is telling Christ so wonderfully at the moment. And he says, You are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Some translations make the last clause, In you I take great delight. Take just a moment to imagine that again. Um, and just realize how amazing and how beautiful this moment is in its entirely. I mean, it's not just aesthetically beautiful it is it's awesome to think of jesus coming out of the water we often imagine the sun shining on him but the spirit is descending god is speaking this is amazing uh, but it's also theologically beautiful this is the whole triune god uniquely visible and at work in this one moment father son and holy spirit and on top of that this week i kind of saw this as vocationally beautiful for christ in his way let me kind of explain again The baptism happens for Jesus before he's really begun his ministry in the world. It's right on the cusp of starting, and this is when God affirms his love for Jesus. We know after this, Jesus will, of course, minister for years, several years here, showing miracles, teachings, getting into trouble with the leaders who disagree with him, and he'll ultimately die on the cross. But at the baptism, none of that has been done yet. But God doesn't wait to affirm him. In this moment he doesn't wait until the cross or after to affirm his love for christ jesus is the beloved son already it's who he is before he has to do anything we need this reminder for ourselves as well we are god's children not in the same way as jesus um, but we're adopted into god's family we're beloved children and we are loved by god not for what we do or for what we say just simply because he loves us. Now, of course, we show that we are beloved children through our lives by what we do and say, Well, we're already loved. We're already his children before anything else. I was... Um, just remembered a story this morning um, as I was trying to work through this a little bit. It was um, a theologian was teaching. I think it was at seminary. I got to hear from him. He'd come into town. It was Miroslav Volf. If you've heard of him or read of any of his things, he had a nice teaching. I don't really remember most of that, but the the questions had a couple things that really point out. And one, especially, I loved um, his answer on uh, the question was about really God's love for us in some way. And and um, Professor Doctor Volf just said, you know, too often. Um, we find ourselves trying to find a way to to make sense of god 's love for us. We try to ex- find reasons for him to love us or find enough value in ourselves for God to love us and he says it's just it 's not how it works. He said what I like to think about is I like to think of a young child with their favorite stuffed animal um, for me that 's always a bear. My son Ellis had one of these animals, and you know that stuffed animal it 's going to be restuffed it 's going to have holes um eyes are going to be falling out maybe nose falling off all sorts of things loose very matted fur um it is not an amazing animal by any means but that is the most valuable stuffed animal because of the child's love for it the child loves it without caring about any of the rest of that stuff he said that's how we have to think about god's love for us god loves us like that he loves us no matter how we might feel or seem for ourselves if we feel like that worn out teddy bear or not he loves us so much still so coming back to the story, of course, it's a very beautiful moment, the baptism of Jesus. It's not just here for the beauty. Um, it's really filled with meaning for who Jesus is. First, as we consider further here, it's helpful to remember just what Messiah or Christ means. These are titles. Um, they just mean the anointed one. And, and it was a way that Israel spoke about the special God-sent person that was going to come to them. It meant this person would be chosen by God. He would be anointed by God's Spirit. So right away at the baptism, as the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus, this is just dramatic affirmation that, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who was to come. He's been chosen and anointed by the Spirit. He's the one that John proclaimed and the people longed for. And then on top of that, God's spoken affirmation of Jesus affirms this, and even more, it's a call to everyone, pay attention to Jesus, God is pleased with him. He's delighted with him. He has God's approval. So even as Jesus continues on in his ministry, people will struggle with his message. But we remember God was delighted. He's delighted in him. This message and teaching is of God's chosen Messiah and son. So even though he says and does hard things, we can't turn from it. And actually this week as I was studying... um, I was really surprised to learn just how much is going on with what God says about Jesus here in this simple affirmation of him. It kind of feels like a really nice, beautiful thing to say. It is that, but there's actually so much more. God is actually quoting and really strongly alluding to a few really important texts from the Old Testament, some big ideas that the prophets have shared um, about, well, the one who is to come. It's kind of like what John was doing earlier. So, in this phrase that God says to Jesus, You are my beloved son, uh, with you I am well pleased. The first part, um, that you are my son, this really would remind everyone of Psalm 2 at the time, if they heard this. Psalm 2 was a psalm all about um, God's anointed coming king, this king who would reign from Zion. He would rule the nations, and he would crush God's enemies. And in verse 7 of that psalm, God says of this king, You are my son. So this spoken affirmation of Jesus, it goes hand in hand with this visual affirmation of the Holy Spirit descending on him. Jesus is this Messiah. He is this king, God's awaited king to come. He will rule. He will destroy God's enemies. And more of what that means then becomes tempered by kind of the next half of this phrase, the next allusion here. It actually comes from our Old Testament reading today in Isaiah 42. Isaiah 42 starts with, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. And that dovetails so nicely with God saying to Jesus, With you I am well pleased, or as other translations do it, and you I take great delight. So we're drawn to Isaiah 42 in this moment. And we see this prophecy here about God's coming servant. He, again, he will be anointed by the Spirit, which we've just seen happen. And he especially will be the one who brings justice. It says three times in Isaiah 42, these verses, that he will bring justice to the world. So it's incredibly important. And it actually shows us a little of what that justice looks like. It looks like healing, opening the eyes of the blind, bringing out the prisoners who sit in darkness. So God is proclaiming over Jesus. He is Messiah and King. He will bring justice to the world. Um, He's going to bring healing and hope and freedom. Already this simple phrase says so much about who Jesus is. The declaration, though, it actually really does expand on Jesus as king and moves us beyond just Jesus as king because it tells us that Jesus is also the servant. And in the prophet Isaiah, the servant is really important. There's four very important um, kind of psalms or songs in Isaiah talking about him. Isaiah 42 is the first. Um, Probably the one that's most familiar to you is the last of the songs. It's Isaiah 52 and 53. And there Isaiah prophesies that the servant will... The servant has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. So even in this moment of the baptism of Christ, we see this echo of what's still to come for Jesus. For our sakes, Jesus will go to the cross in our place. For our sins, he will die, and he will bring us peace and healing. So Jesus is the king. He will defeat God's true enemies of sin and death, and he will win that victory by his own suffering and death. It's such a remarkable moment here. Jesus is beginning his ministry, and God proclaims all these things for him, his love for him. He's telling him his identity again, his vocation in this world. This is a really good reminder for us as well about the importance of our own identities and our own vacation. Obviously, God takes the time to tell Christ about it. It matters. But especially where we find our identity and vocation matters. That's so key. Throughout Christ's life, basically everyone will challenge who he's supposed to be. All the leaders and other teachers try to change him and push him into their mold and what they think. Even his own disciples will reject his ultimate calling until it's already happened. But Jesus always held firm to all that the father had revealed to him, to all that the father said he was. He knew his identity and mission as God's son, the king and the servant. For us too, we can only find our real identity and vocation in God. No one else can see us so completely. No one else holds us so truly. No one else can ever understand every moment of our lives enough to show us who we really are and how we live that out day by day. So as I've been saying this whole time, this baptism gives us this powerful opportunity to understand who Jesus is. And especially we have seen him as, as I mean, he's sort of the no-name person here, but look at all the exaltation that's happening in this moment. Look at how much God is proclaiming him as Messiah, King, even the long-promised servant. He's the beloved son, the delight. It's amazing. It's far beyond what anyone at the moment could even fully comprehend. But there's still one more really key piece to all this. Because this exalted Messiah, King, Son of God, he gets baptized like everyone else. Now, for him, this isn't about repentance. It's not that he has something to be forgiven of as far as sins and stuff, though it is a sign that he can submit himself to God's rule and God's plans for himself and for the world. It's also just for him, a way for him to be with the people that he has come to save. Jesus is the Son of God, but he isn't here to be separated for us or to be haughty over us in some way. He's here to join us, to be with us, to enter into our lives and serve us humbly. One commentator was so struck by this. He says, of course, we think about Christ at the end of his life, dying, surrounded by sinners on the cross and maybe even around him. But he also begins his ministry in the waters of the Jordan, surrounded by sinners, repentant sinners, yes, but they're just all sides of him. Jesus doesn't stay away. He enters in so that he can save us so in jesus baptism this brief moment we are so deeply reminded of who he is or introduced to who he is he is the messiah the promised king he will bring justice and peace but also he is the humble suffering servant he will for love of us take our place die for us rise for us he will bring us to god's family this is jesus As we know him and see him more, may we love him and serve him more and more. Let's pray. Christ, thank you for um, just how amazing you are, for all that you are and all you've done for us. I ask that you do help us day by day to hold fast to you, to grow in our love for you, and um, to remember the great gift of God's family, to live out as uh, sons and daughters of the Father in the world. Amen.